0: And welcome back, everybody! Episode twenty-two of the Announcer Schedules podcast. I'm your host, Mike Gill. Phil Demont Mullen is the face and voice, and all things at Announcer Schedules. When you see a tweet coming from that Twitter handle, it's coming from the man, Phil Demont who was with me for another week, another edition of the Announcer Schedules podcast: World Series, NFL, college football, the NBA, the NHL, and everything else. We've got that all for you. Plus, uh, later on uh, on the podcast feed, rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, get it out there, keep sharing. Um, we'll have a, a pretty cool guest this week, Phil, who is uh, we do our adventures. Talk about some adventures. We got a great guest coming up
1: a little bit later on in the week on the podcast feed. Yeah, can't can't wait to get into all the the details of today's podcast, and you know with so much going on and the world of sports, World Series, NFL, college football, as you mentioned. Um, and then Sean Grand from the Boston Celtics joining the show um, later in the week. Um, look forward to that as a standalone yep. release from the – Sports media podcast feed. So keep an eye on that. Um, Really looking forward to digging into some of his travel. We've talked about announcers, traveler traveling. This might trump uh, everything we've seen thus far as far as the double that he pulled off. Yeah, Sean Grandy
0: uh, later on on the podcast. It's on the Sports Media Watch. You always check it if you hit subscribe as soon as that conversation drops You'll get it. He was on with TJ and John a little while ago, but we're going to focus more on his travel now that he's into the grueling NBA season. What is it like day in and day out traveling as a play-by-player, doing a home team, the Boston Celtics, and then also other jobs like Sean did? I can't wait for that conversation, so check that out. And if you really like Sean and you want to hear about his journey... You can go back and listen to TJ and John on the Sports Media Watch. Rate, review, subscribe. Here we go. Episode 22. It is the World Series. Why don't we start off the World Series here with a clip for the new play-by-player Joe Davis. In game four, Real
1: Muto.
2: Bouncing ball to third.
0: that was Joe Davis calling one of two no-hitters in World Series history. I had to watch it last night.
1: Not fun. A combined no-hitter. Joe Davis gets the historic call, Phil. Yeah, it it was interesting watching that production uh, also and, you know, the lead-up to the no-hitter. You know, it's always a debate uh, amongst broadcasts broadcasters of baseball you know whether you should talk about a no-hitter during the game you know a superstition of sorts especially if you're you know doing a home team broadcast um however you know they they were graphically um davis, showing the davis
0: was smoltz made a point to say later on that he did
1: not mention the no-hitter that he left that up to joe davis did you catch that I did not, but that's, that's interesting that that he deferred to the, you know, the play-by-play announcer. Graphically, the Fox was showing it, you know, on their score bug throughout, you know, obviously it helps with viewership, you know, once if you're, you know, for instance, myself, I had the um, game on, on mute. I had some company over and I had flipped around the stations and then the second I saw the graphic that said no hitter through you know seven and a thirds or what have you I knew to stick around and I actually you know turned up the game at that point so here's a here's it is it is a difference maker
0: yeah here's a great example tonight we're we're recording this on Thursday the Phillies and the Eagles will play at the same time Nightmare situation for Philadelphia sports fans. Philadelphia sports fans have had it so good for the last couple weeks. Tonight's a nightmare situation. Philadelphia loves their Eagles. They're undefeated. They're playing at the same time as the Phillies. If you had the Eagles game on with the sound on last night and the Phillies on mute and you saw no hitter on the screen, you may have flipped the audio to then tune in to the Phillies game and put the Eagles game on mute. I'm going to watch the game on Thursday night. With the Phillies' audio on, the Eagles on a side device or TV or something with the audio off. So that graphic there may have gotten people in this scenario to switch. And you said it happened to you last night with with friends and family over.
1: Yeah, yeah. So – I, you know, I'm of the belief that when, especially when it's that big of news, you know, the, these superstitions, you, you got to throw them out the window. I mean, the second time in history of all of the World Series history that, you know, a potential no hitter. So you have to give it the, the necessary coverage. That's interesting that Smoltz took that approach. Uh, but yeah, you know, uh, Davis then follows through and is able to continue with the significance with that game winning call. Let's hear the international feed. Dave Fleming on the call
2: he bounces it to third pick clean by Bregman the throw across got him and history tonight here in Philadelphia. The Astros pitch the second no hitter in the history of the World Series. It's the first combined no hitter in postseason history. Javier Abreu Montero and Ryan Presley and for the Astros History's cool. The most important thing they even this series at two games apiece. Don Larson, the only other no-hitter in the history of the Fall Classic, and the Astros do it tonight against this powerful Philadelphia offense.
0: Yep, second combined no-hitter this season for the Astros. They did it to the Yankees in Yankee Stadium. And a bit of irony, Christian Javier went seven no-hit innings of that one. Six no-hit innings tonight. He
2: was brilliant. 97 pitches, 63 for strikes. He handed it over to Brian Payne, who was great, who handed the ball over to Montero.
0: Then Ryan Presley finished things off. That's Dan Plesak with the analysis there, but a little different feel from the uh, – can you talk, too, about the international feed, how that is a national feed but for a different audience?
1: Yeah, so it's a great opportunity for for these announcers. And, you know, Dave Fleming, our followers on the announcer schedules, Twitter feed have just been applauding Dave Fleming for his calls. I mean, he's been doing a great job. And, you know, the the viewership is is bigger, I believe, than a lot of people here in the States might realize, you know, for instance, Sportsnet in Canada this is the feed that they're showing. So the entire nation of Canada's, you know, watching the World Series. And obviously they've got a bunch of baseball fans up there with the Blue Jays. And then once upon a time, the Expos up in Canada, Uh, but also other parts of the world. You know, um, if you're uh, watching an English speaking broadcast, you know, uh, throughout the globe, this is the feed that you're receiving. And Dave Fleming, you know, uh, one of the voices of the San Francisco Giants, has done a ton of work for ESPN as well over the years. One of the pros of the business. Uh, A great call there and, you know, very, you know, sort of historic matter of fact. Let's let's take note of these things kind of feel to it, um, I would say, versus some of the other calls we're hearing.
0: Okay, uh, And then, of course, this is the Astros call. Take a listen to the difference between
2: international, national and then Houston. So JT Real Muto, the final hope for the Phillies, he has struck out all three times. Astros one out away from evening this World Series at two games apiece. And also one out away from a no hitter pitch on the way. Ground ball left side coming in Bregman. He scoops the short hop, throws on a move to first in time, and that is a ball game. A World Series no hitter for the Houston Astros as they blank the Philadelphia Phillies five to nothing. This World Series is all square at two games apiece. Then the Astros make history in the city of brotherly love in magical fashion with a no-hitter between four pitchers. Javier started things and punched out nine, and the Astros relievers do what they've been doing all year long, shutting the door. Brian Abreu, Rafael Monteiro, and Ryan Presley each with scoreless and hitless innings after Christian Javier started it off with the six no-hit frames. Second no-hitter in World Series history after Don Larson's perfect game against the Brooklyn Dodgers for the Yankees in Game 5 in 1956.
0: Robert Ford, a Syracuse alum on the call there, and I wouldn't say an over-the-top hometown call there, Phil.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe part of it was it was a 5-0 advantage at at that point, but it, I agree, you know, that you know pretty restrained considering, you know, uh, the the moment historically. Um, but that being said, you know, everyone's got their their own individual style, and you know, Robert Ford, Steve Sparks, the the analyst for the. Houston Astros uh, radio network um, have enjoyed catching some of these clips from these guys. Also a shout out to Astros radio uh, production folks, because they've been doing these view from the booths and it's kind of a different view than we've seen with things like the John Sterling cam and, and so forth, where it's actually kind of from, from up above where the engineer or the producer uh, would be sitting in the booth. So, so kind of cool if you want to check that out, but, you know, nicely done there uh, to give all the facts and so forth. And, you know, Robert Ford on the, Astros radio call.
0: All right. Uh, and then game three had some big moments too. Of course, Joe Davis, John Smoltz, they're the Fox team. ESPN radio, Dan Shulman, Jessica Mendoza, Eduardo Perez, Buster Olney, the reporter. That's the national radio call. And then you mentioned Fleming and policex So you got three different broadcast team doing these World Series. And really, the World Series game three got started in Philadelphia. It was a split over the weekend. And then it came back to Philly after the rainout. And you heard this from Joe Davis. The colors to Harper. It's good. the Fox TV broadcasts uh, really doing a good job of letting the fans fill. We've heard it a bunch now with this Fox team, Davis concise, the fans take over.
1: Yeah. um, And the fans were taking over the, the the stadium that night. I mean, with all those home runs, the place was absolutely rocking. I'm sure, Um, you know, you, your uh, listenership uh, witnessed all that, and many of them were probably in the building as well. But, you know, just a great job by by Davis, I felt, you know, uh, really setting everything up. And then the excitement once the, the ball hits the uh, bat and clears the uh, outf- outfield fence there.
0: Yeah, and uh, as our listeners heard it here on 97.3 ESPN in our market and across the country, Dan Shulman has the ESPN radio call.
2: Schwarber the lead of the first pitch to Harper, hit high in the air right center field it is gone Bryce Harper with his first big World Series moment and the Phillies strike first taking an early two to nothing lead
0: All right, Phil, so there's Dan Schulman on the radio call. A lot of, uh, you know, a good inflection. I thought it was a really good call. He had a bunch of good calls in this particular game. I got to be honest, because I do the imaging, and I was looking for some calls from the first game, and I wasn't all that thrilled with some of the Shulman calls in terms of the inflection and the excitement. Now, I'm in the home market trying to put together Phillies bites. I wanted to hear more of an electric. He delivered with these calls. The Boehm home run he nailed. Uh, and I thought that Harper one was a good one as well. So you know, you see the national call sometimes that energy bang, and you know you got to play it down the middle. But I thought Shulman really hit that call pretty well. So there you go for that one. But then you got the local call, Scott Fransky, right here uh, on the Phillies radio network. Colors kicks and comes home. And the pit swung on, hit the yes.
2: right field, and the Phillies <laughs> are going to lead it. Yeah, they are. Bryce Harper has put the Phillies on top with a two-run home run over the out-of-town scoreboard. Simply amazing, Harper here at home has homered on back-to-back swings. Listen to this. Crazy. Nothing Philadelphia here in the bottom
0: of the first. All right, that is Scott Fransky, and the voice you hear in the background is Larry Anderson. These guys are getting lauded locally, for, and you hear Anderson on these home runs. You always kind of hear him, yes, yes, and he heard him say, yes, he did. Uh, those two guys have been getting a ton of attention as we kind of talked on other announcer schedules podcasts. Locally, the Philadelphia announcers are almost as popular as the players in this market. So Fransky is really raising his stock here in Philadelphia, and now the nation's getting
1: a chance to hear some of his calls. Yeah, I would say it is extending to to some more national recognition and, you know, just – him becoming a name on the national level because of him being in the world series the the calls leading up to the playoffs the the viral nature of being able to get these calls out there on on social media and that kind of thing uh, Fransky is a name that you know is becoming more and more of a household variety uh, and then there's Tom McCarthy, who has been on the announcer schedules podcast,
0: go back into the archives to listen to T-Mac, who you know on the NFL, the NCAA. He is also the Phillies' television voice, but for the World Series, there is no TV. So he's doing a couple of evenings of radio, and he got this. Got to get the one-two. Swung
2: on, hit in the air, center field. Going back on is McCormick. Back toward the wall. And it is gone! Off the brick wall! Above the trees! A 2 center field. Home run for Kyle Schwarber. And the Phillies are leading it now six to nothing. Wow. Woo. Mercy. A Schwarber. No doubt about it.
0: All right. That's uh, Larry Anderson, Tom McCarthy, and uh You know, not a lot of breakdown there from Larry Anderson. He's almost taking it in like the rest of us there.
1: Yeah, and we've talked about this in the past. You know, there's that sort of uh, creative liberty when it comes to being the the home team announcers. It's cool that Tom McCarthy gets a chance to to get in on some of these radio calls and, and handle some of the innings. On Philly's radio, we we spoke about this before as far as these opportunities for, you know, some of the TV voices and kind of maneuvering things around a bit. You know, Dave Sims uh, got involved on the Mariners radio side, you know, once that series advanced on the American League side of things. So, cool opportunity for, for Tom McCarthy. Well done. All right. Uh,
0: and now, the series uh, Thursday night is Game 5. Game 6 will be on Saturday. And if needed, Game 7 will be on Sunday. So, that brings us to Thursday we have the Eagles and Texans in the NFL. That game is on Amazon Prime. Unless you're in the Philadelphia and Houston markets, Houston, we may have a problem, Phil.
1: Yeah, so this is compelling. And, you know, John Lewis and TJ talked about this on the Sports Media Watch podcast quite a bit this week. And, you know, because of the the, the rainout, correct, that, the, you know, that this situation is actually uh, occurring, it wasn't the original uh, situation but you know now thursday both world series and nfl action up against each other thursday night package of course amazon prime video uh but sort of the side story to all this and certainly what you know is a big story in both philadelphia and houston and by the way kind of the irony of it all is you know this two cities these two major markets um, you know, uh, major TV markets going head to head in both sports, Eagles and Texans and Phillies and Astros. Well, the local markets have the chance to to air on, you know, linear TV. Um, the game the Thursday Night football game in addition to Amazon Prime video. and I know there's been some maneuvering around up in Philadelphia, not sure exactly what the case is in in Houston, but would love to hear you know what you've learned about it up there in uh, Philly, Mike. Yeah,
0: so the game on Thursday night, the baseball game is on Fox 29 television here locally. Uh, the football game, from my understanding, was supposed to be on fox 29 as the linear uh, um, addition to the prime broadcast. Because of the baseball, the football game is now going to be on PHL 17, which is kind of a lower tier network. You know, you have your ABC, your CBS, your NBC, your Fox. PHL 17 is kind of, um, I guess, like a regionalized network almost that does carry the Phillies games or has carried the Phillies games in the past. Um, but they are getting the opportunity to now to carry the Eagles game here. This is a big step up for w- for PHL 17. Um, and they have some programming on their sports. I've actually been a guest on their sports show. Seth Joyner does a show on there. They are adding a little bit more. They dabbled in sports with, I said, the Phillies. But they're going to chance to now have the Eagles game. So the Eagles will air on PHL 17 in the Philly market. The Phillies will be on Fox 29. I don't know where, how Houston is handling it. But you have two teams from the same markets playing at the same time. It's only happened seven times in history. How about that?
1: And on top of it all, the Eagles off to a 7-0 and start you know red hot you know i'm sure the market up there is going absolutely bananas for the eagles uh houston not having all that great of the year they they're 1-5 they're and 1 this year so um you know some of what john and tj were also talking about was ratings you know in these local markets a uh, which game um you know you got to throw i guess the amazon prime uh, into the equation as well. But, you know, which sport, which game is going to get the bigger crowd? I'd imagine um, due to the, you know, the the Texans lack of success, uh, you know, the Astros might be the, you know, the bigger draw in Houston. But I'm curious about Philadelphia, you know, that you could you could argue on either side which, which would be the more appealing game. And you mentioned nightmare. I mean, talking about, you know, a lot of fans probably flipping a coin, you know, which one am I going to have the, the uh, audio up on?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do Phillies audio, Eagles on the side. I, I hate it. And, and people are like, you know, what are you going to want? Well, everybody has two devices. Yeah, I know I have two devices. I have the capability of watching two at the same time, but I don't want to. I don't want to have to look at two. I want to focus in on one. I don't want to. And look, it is what it is. There was a rain out. They had to push it back. I'm sure Major League Baseball is not thrilled. I'm sure the NFL is not thrilled that they have now to compete. And Amazon. you got Amazon in the mix who's now saying, we already are dropping people. And now in the local markets, people aren't going to watch on Amazon most likely. But across the country, if you're just a casual football fan, now you're like, ah, do I want to pop my prime on or do I want to watch a big game five? Because now the series is tied 2-2. I don't know. I'm very interested, Phil. And... I think John and TJ talked about this uh, in the first like 15 minutes of the announce excuse me on the uh, sports media watch podcast which is on this feed if you just go down below us about which game will rate higher in the local market in Philadelphia and in Houston will the World Series outrate the Eagles I don't know that I've ever heard that ever happen or can't even imagine that being a possibility but is it a possibility that the World Series in the Philadelphia market beats the Eagles game that I'm not so sure of. I am very intrigued to see those Philadelphia and Houston numbers.
1: Yeah, and the Amazon Prime part of it is part of that equation, you know. And uh, you know, it, it's sort of baffling to to think about how you know the World Series would take second stage to you know an, an NFL game, but a regular season NFL game at the end of the day they draw better you know as far as you know just the the national ratings go you know the NFL is is really the king of TV ratings these days uh but you know the Eagles being 7 and 0 as well uh, that has to add to you know the the excitement for the Eagles uh they want to keep that winning streak going from the from the Eagles fans perspective uh what is your your Prediction, Mike? Do you have one for us? As far as you know, which which way the Philadelphia market goes?
0: I, I'm I'm torn on this because this Phillies team has captured people. It's Game Five. It's a big game, but they're coming off of a no hitter. How much of people said, Ah, they got no hit. I, I'd rather watch the Eagles. I mean, all of this comes into play. I think ultimately that the oh man, I don't even know, like. I can't imagine the Eagles getting outrated. I just it, it's it's mind boggling to me. They're undefeated, but they're playing a team that's one five and one. It's a bad team. The Phillies have captured the city, but I still think that the the football game will probably do better in the ratings. Maybe slightly. I, I don't know. I am I think this is one of the more polarizing discussions that is people might say, how could you watch a regular season
1: Thursday night football game over the World Series? That's the power of the NFL. Yeah, I think the difference may be the outlets that it's being shown on. You know, Amazon Prime that takes some work to find. But not here or, in this market. But, or that but you mentioned that station being a, a you know, slightly unknown to a lot of people. It's not Yeah, part but in of this market,
0: usual. in this market people know PHL 17 because they did carry the Phillies. Okay. And I okay, believe they it. have carried I don't want to say in the recent, but in the past, they have carried some, like the Sixers and some Flyers game. They they are known in this market. It's just not a Fox or a like nationally. I don't know that you have a I don't even know what they would call it in.
1: in like, I think they used to be called like my networks. Yeah. Like often it's like the, the you know, the WB yes. affiliate or something like that. Yes, that's what it and- is. Oftentimes they would have, you know, local sports. I mean, I remember down down in Miami, you know, like you know some of the the local teams having deals there. A lot of times the preseason NFL games wind up in places like that. Yep, um, that's what it is, but, Phil. But, it
0: is my network. That it's part of the my network. Um, so it is a sister station of like six ABC. So if you are here, you will get Channel Six Action News as news on. The PHL 17 network, they, they, they are a sister station of six ABC, but they are part of the my network TVs. And I think they were branding themselves as my whatever for a while. And now they're back to being PHL 17. Yeah.
1: So networks like that, even though they've been around and, you know, maybe the, you know, the hardcore fans are are well aware of them, I still think they're a little harder to find on the dial than say, you know, your, your regular, you know, big Fox that you're, you're tuning into every weekend for, for NFL or what have you. So that could be the difference, you know, in, in it all, but, you know, on paper, at least I tend to agree with you. The the Eagles would be the bigger draw than the World Series game, but man, what 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 a uh, you know um, you know competition in the media world here that we're we're viewing at the same time. Yep, Al
0: Michaels, Kirk Street Kylie Hartong on Amazon. I. Uh Look on radio. It is uh, Kevin Kugler and Ross Tucker. Ross Tucker, by the way, does Eagles preseason games, so he's familiar with the Eagles. He'll have the national call on Westwood One. And then we get into Sunday where – why don't we go through the Sunday 1 o'clock games?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, the, you know, the number one team for Fox, Burkhart, Olsen, Andrews, and Rinaldi, they're on the Packers-Lions game. Um, other Fox games at 1 o'clock include Kenny Albert and Jonathan Vilma, Shannon Spake on Chargers and Falcons. Um, you know, Chris Myers will be on the Vikings-Commanders game with Mark Schlereth. Um, kind of interesting there. You know, we're continuing to see guys uh, shift around slightly uh, due to Joe Davis, you know, so, you know, he's missed a couple weeks in a row here as far as the NFL calls because of Major League Baseball. And as such, Myers has been working with Schlereth. Um, Adam Amin has been working with Daryl Johnston. Uh, he'll be on the four o'clock game seahawks Cardinals. A couple of others um, worth mentioning. Um, Kevin Kugler, uh, who will be doing that um Thursday night game on Westwood one he'll then head to Cincinnati for Panthers Bengals along with Mark Sanchez that's on Fox at one o'clock and then the CBS games at one o'clock uh, Ian Eagle and Charles Davis on Bill's Jets Kevin Harlan and Trent Green on Dolphins Bears uh, that's several times a season already that Dolphins fans have gotten Kevin Harlan uh, Greg Gumble. Uh, We'll be on the Colts and Pats game. And then Andrew Catalan, uh, who was once a guest of ours here on the announcer schedules podcast, along with James Lofton on Raiders and Jags. So those are your one o'clock NFL games this Sunday.
0: And then the radio side, it's Steve Levy. And my man Sal Pal is the analyst uh, on that Bills Jets game. That's the game that will be the national ESPN radio game. Steve Levy, Sal Pal, Antonio. Uh, are calling that one. Sports USA has Wayne Randazzo and Steve uh, Goskowski on the Sports USA call uh, for the 1 o'clock games. And then uh, over at 4 o'clock, what do we got? Oh, by yeah, the we, way, we- Compass Media, Chris Carino, Brian Baldinger, that that pair has stayed together pretty much all year. They're on Chargers and Falcons.
1: Yeah, we mentioned Adam Amin on that uh, Cardinals game. And then the uh, number one CBS crew has got the Rams Bucks um, in Tampa Bay. That's 425 p.m. start. Nance Romo and Wolfson. Uh, Our buddy T.J. Reeves will be part of the Buccaneers radio network for that one. And yeah, I mean, once again, you know, another big NFL Sunday. Yeah,
0: and uh, one of the big things too, as uh, we look at the uh, Saturday, uh, the Sunday four o'clock, Bill Rosinski, Chad Brown. That's another new name, Chad Brown, former Seahawk. He's getting that Seahawk Cardinals game on the national uh, radio feed. So um, not a there's only two four o'clock games. We don't see that all that much. Uh, Josh Appel, James White on the national radio call on Rams Buccaneers. So both of the four o'clock games are getting national radio. And then uh, you, of course, got Sunday Night Football, which will have Ryan Radke and Ryan Harris on the national radio call. Of course, Tarrico Collinsworth-Stark on uh, Titans Chiefs on Sunday Night Football. Monday, you got that Buck Aikman team on, of course, the Monday Night Game. Kevin Harlan and Tony
1: Baselli this week uh, on the Ravens and Saints. No Kurt Warner. Yeah, that, that's cool to see uh, the Baselli harlan pairing. Um, yeah, this is one of those weeks that there's not quite as much inventory in terms of the NFL uh, where there's several teams uh, with the bye week. Uh, Cleveland, Dallas, Denver, uh, the New York Giants, Pittsburgh, and San Francisco will all be off this week. All right,
0: uh, let's run down the college games. We're recording on Thursday. Got a couple games tonight on Thursday and then to Friday uh, before we hit that Saturday schedule. Who do we got?
1: Yeah, if you're listening to this on Thursday, uh, you can tune in this evening. Uh, there's a game on CBS Sports Network. Uh, Carter Blackburn on the play-by-play call, and Tom Herman, who's someone we haven't really talked about on the analyst side of things. You know, he he made his uh, television debut this season, and he's been doing games most every weekend. Uh, he was the coach of the University of Texas for several years. Houston before that. Um, after being let and go by the the Longhorns, he spent last year as part of the Chicago bears staff, but he's been doing games and starting to settle into that role. So he'll be on that UTEP rice game. Then over on ESPN on Thursday night, uh, you know, that usual Thursday night crew of Matt Barry, Lewis Riddick and Harry Lyles jr. They're um, head down to um, South Carolina for the app state at coastal Carolina game.
0: All right, so uh, college football, by the way, is starting to wind down. Crazy, right? It's uh, We're getting down to the final couple of weeks here uh, before we hit this Saturday slate. It's one of the final Saturday slates of the year. I think we have three weekends of college football left. So, Phil, why don't you give us some of the highlights for Saturday?
1: Sure. Well, first of all, game day will be in Athens, Georgia. There's a huge matchup going down uh, there, Tennessee and Georgia. So, um, you know, that'll be a a significant atmosphere there. Um, And then, you know, one of the earlier start times that you'll see um, in college football at, at any point, Air Force plays Army on saturday morning this is a neutral site game in arlington texas 11 30 a.m eastern time kickoff 10 30 a.m local time central time uh for that um air force army game rich waltz and aaron taylor on the call um the benefit for the announcers is significant I would say in a situation like this because you can in fact get out of town at a fairly early hour and either back home with your family or onto your next assignment and uh, you know having worked some of these service academy games in the past they can go very very quickly on the on the gridiron as well because these guys run the the triple option or running the ball and the, the you know these long eight minute drives and so forth and I actually remember doing a, a game I believe it was Navy in Houston, um, in Houston. And it was similar to this, you know, like a a noon start or 11 a.m. central time start. And we were kind of worried about catching a fairly early flight. And next thing we know, we were in a Mexican restaurant with like three hours to spare before our flight because Navy had run the triple option so effectively that they <laughs> ran off all the all the time off the clock. And before we knew it, uh, that game was expired. So um, Air Force and Army early going on Saturday morning. And then that that noon slate, um, McDonough and Blackledge and McGrath on Ohio State Northwestern, uh, Gus Johnson and Joel Clatt. You know, the the big noon kickoff game is Texas Tech in tcu uh, we've been keeping an eye on the mark jones and robert griffin the third um team uh, they'll be with florida and texas a&m for a big sec matchup uh Anish schroff and brock eisweiler another um, group that we've been keeping an eye on they're heading to minnesota and nebraska up in lincoln nebraska a oh, west durham who we've talked to on the, yep. about on the show um 12 noon on ACC network. um, As far as him managing his travel, along with some of these other announcers who have NFL assignments, Uh, he's the voice of the Falcons. He'll be on North Carolina, Virginia.
0: Yeah. Mike Cousins, by the way, who's been a guest of the podcast, he's got North Carolina, Virginia. That's an ESPN radio call. Uh, So uh, some national radio for that early slate as well. And uh, boy, uh, so many different opportunities here. Here's a unique one where um, it looks like the Delaware State, South Carolina State. I know everybody out there is uh, uh, putting uh, setting the VCR, but you don't have to. It's taped delayed at 10 o'clock on Sunday on ESPNU. That's an interesting scenario there.
1: Yeah, they've been doing that with some of these HBCU games where they're on uh, ESPN Plus or ESPN Three, you know you can watch them live on on you know the the digital side of things. But then they'll re-air it either on Saturday night or Sunday morning on ESPN U. So a good opportunity, you know, for you know hardcore fans to to catch some some more football late at night. Yeah. But also for these announcers to get some even more exposure. You know on the linear side of things
0: yep uh by the way bob was our buddy who was on the podcast he's doing penn state indiana with dan orlovsky that's a fun team uh to listen to that's on abc uh there's so many um you know we get down um to the final couple of weeks here as you're kind of seeing these pairings and how they've kind of grown roxy bernstein who's been on the podcast uh, he's going to work with michael bumpus on washington state stanford that's on that pac-12 network here And as we get later on in the day, you know, we're seeing a lot of names uh, that are getting the opportunity to call games. That's what's great about these Saturdays. So many chances for broadcasters to get out there.
1: Yeah, a couple other uh, noteworthy um, games, some of them, you know, really large in in stature, including, of course, Tennessee, Georgia. Uh, That's the big CBS game Brad Nestler, Gary Danielson, and Jenny Dell. So another example of ESPN College Game Day being at a site. Um, yet CBS um, covering the game. Yeah. And then um, you mentioned the was choosing game. Oregon, Colorado is an interesting one on ESPN at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, Mike Monaco, Rod Gilmore and Tiffany Blackman. That's usually the spot that Dave Fleming's in. You know, Fleming working with with Gilmore. Uh, but Fleming, as we mentioned earlier in the show on that MLB international uh, call for the World Series. So Mike Monaco is stepping in there. Uh, Tim Brando and Spencer Tillman, they'll be on Oklahoma State and Kansas. John Sadak, the voice of the Cincinnati Reds, um, on uh, New Mexico and Utah State. You mentioned Roxy Bernstein getting some action. And then um, in the primetime slots, Alabama, LSU. So Fowler, Herbstreet, and Rose. So Herbstreet will head um, not too far to travel this time around. You know, from Athens, Georgia, down to Baton Rouge, Alabama, LSU, that's the 7 p.m. ESPN game. And then over on um, ABC is Florida State, Miami. Not quite the rivalry it once was, you know, uh, sad for you know, a lifelong uh, hurricane like myself to say. But uh, that's on ABC still, so the brands still matter. Uh, apparently Joe Tessitore, Greg McElroy, and Katie George on the call there.
0: By the way, a couple of double ups here. Chad Brown's doing NFL. He's doing West Virginia, Iowa State on Big 12 uh, Network uh, for uh, Saturday with Mark Neely. Uh, Another couple things that I've kind of highlighted. I like how we just kind of roll through and get to highlight a couple things. I do want to mention – uh, Ross Tucker, he's also doing double duty. He's on College Football CBS Sports Network, UNLV, San Diego State. He's also got a uh, NFL game this weekend. Uh, the BYU-Boise game, this sticks out because Petros Papadakis did a game, and this isn't his fault, but I did watch the game last week, and this is one of these conversations that maybe we can focus on on another. FS1 not sending its broadcasters on site, and the poor play-by-player and the analyst got thrown under the bus because of it last week. They did a whole lead-in to the quarterback not being on site. They did not know that quarterback was not playing the game. And they really made the guys look like they didn't know what they were talking about, and that's not the broadcaster's fault. This is where being on site matters, right? You can call games from your house, and it seems seamless, but not having that information made them look like they didn't know what was going on, and that's not fair to the broadcaster's to whatever it costs to send those broadcasters there is not enough to hurt your credibility as a broadcast. And, and I caught that. They did a whole lead-in to the game, and then the first play happened and the quarterback wasn't playing. And it made the, the two broadcasters – and I know because uh, Petros' name is just so stands out, uh, and he's a U, uh, USC guy. He does a lot of Pac-12 stuff. And I said, man, how do they not know this? Well, they're not there. So that's one of the people always say, well, you can call the game from your house. No one knows the difference. There are many times where you don't know the difference, but this is one where you did know the difference if you were there, right? Yeah.
1: You know, I've mentioned before, I've worked on some of these remote broadcasts from the studio and, you know, there are some resources at the stadium, so You know, the the information could have come through had, you know, uh, the awareness been there, Um, you know, working on the stats side of things. You know, when I'm in a studio working a remote broadcast, I'm on headset with what's called an official statistician who is up there in the press box with the official stats crew from the. Um, home team and it's that person's job to relay whatever they're seeing with their eyes. And so we're leaning on them more than we usually would if we were at a game right? Uh, because there are our eyes and ears at the game. So, um, you know, th- there's a lot of moving parts here. It's tough to know exactly what happened. Who, I mean, uh, some- Phil,
0: who pays for, I'm imagining the, the network pays for your hotel and lodging, that kind of
1: stuff. Uh, yes, correct.
0: Right. So they're essentially trying to not have to use that expense, I would imagine, as a reason to not send people to a game.
1: Well, I, I think, you know, they they realized over the pandemic that, you know, s- some of these efficiencies work. Sure. Now This is not something new altogether. Uh, you got to remember that a lot of the uh, remote production started several, several years ago, long before the pandemic. Right. And so what was happening was the networks weren't sending a production truck to the games instead you know it would be a skeleton crew who would actually go to the games camera people some audio people and then the announcers myself a statistician talent statistician a spotter that kind of thing but then we would get on headsets and we would talk to the production back at a studio location whether it's you know for espn up in bristol or for fox you know in los angeles or what have you and so that kind of efficiency was already happening and they've done a lot of things to try to improve that um, flow to make sure that there aren't hiccups as far as like you know delays and things like that and then the pandemic hit in in you know so they they realized that okay uh, we have to air these games you know there's the demand um, and this is our, our best solution now other sports have been doing this remote announcer thing for a long time the one that comes to mind is soccer I mean, you would be amazed how much international soccer is actually done from a studio, uh, not from the game itself. Um, This is uh, common practice for for many years. Um, In fact, one of the world's largest viewership is for the Spanish language feed of uh, international soccer, World Cup soccer in particular. And the announcer who, who calls those games does every single game um, that he possibly can from the studios in Miami, you know, the Univision studios. And, you know, the microscope has been turned on because now I think everyone has an awareness, you know, whether, you know, announcers are calling the games from, from studios or from their homes or what have you. And so, you know, it, it's a, a little tougher, I think, to, you know, kind of avoid the the criticism and that kind of thing. But it's not like this is something completely new. Um, again, like I, I don't want to cast blame on anybody because I'm not sure exactly what happened in that game. Um, sometimes, literally, the coaches do wait to the last second to um, – let you know who the quarterback is like i've 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 worked games where the coaches won't tell you who the starting quarterback's going to be or they'll tell you it's going to be quarterback a not quarterback b and then quarterback b's out there for the first snap of the game and we're like wait a second we you know we had all our graphics lined up and we were ready for for quarterback a so you know it's tough to know exactly what went down without you know hearing the full backstory but you know, I I, I hate that, you know, um, you know, any announcers put in this kind of position. And, you know, really good point, Mike.
0: Uh, real quick, I just saw a name that popped out to me, too. Uh, Drew Carter and Mike Glennon. Uh, so Glennon off the football field and right into the broadcast booth. You remember him. He played for Tampa Bay, kind of a journeyman uh, quarterback, bounced around the NFL. He's on James Madison in Louisville. That's an ESPNU game. So uh, you got a lot of – by the way, that um, – Miami and Florida State game. That's former Miami quarterback Gino Toretta, Touchdown Radio. They're doing the national radio call. Brett Dolan is the play-by-player there. Uh, and a lot of college football on the Saturday as normal. Let's uh, jump over, unless you have another thought or two on college, let's hit the NBA, which is now kind of uh, in full swing on their schedule.
1: Yeah, just um, I always want to mention these, these late-night games because these are actually the ones – I end up watching, uh, which are, you know, Cal and USC on uh, ESPN this Saturday, uh, Dave Pash on the play-by-play there, UCLA-Arizona State on FS1, uh, Noah Eagle on the play-by-play there, uh Hawaii-Fresno State on FS2, Guy Haberman on the play-by-play there. By the way, you know, like that UCLA-Arizona State game on FS1, if it weren't for the World Series going six games, that would be on the Big Fox. You know, um, I think – Along with whatever the earlier uh, FS1 game is at at seven o'clock, um, Texas Kansas State. Let me let me correct myself. The Jason Benetti Brock Hewer game the 7 p.m. FS1 game that was originally scheduled for Fox had, you know, the series uh, not uh, gone the way it's gone with the rain out and then also going six games now uh, guaranteed. And, uh, yeah, so you got some late night offerings uh, once again as well. And then you mentioned the NBA uh, Friday night, a ESPN doubleheader, Uh, Mike Breen, a lot a lot of, uh, you know, the followers of the Twitter feed are anxious to hear more Breen. Uh, he'll be on the call for Bulls Celtics, along with Doris Burke and Cassidy Hubberth. And then Ryan Rucco, Jeff Van Gundy and Gold on Wude on Bucks T-Wolves. Uh, that's the late game on Friday night on ESPN.
0: And then we talk about uh, travel. Bob Wischusen, who's been on the pod. We mentioned he's doing a college game. Uh, And then Thursday night, before he gets to the college game, he's doing Bruins Rangers on ESPN Plus with Ray Ferraro, Emily Kaplan. I like that team there. And then Leah Hextall, uh, Cassie Campbell-Pascal is doing the NHL regular season ESPN Plus late game on Thursday. We're taping tonight. That will be tonight. So that's an interesting pairing.
1: Yeah. And also worth mentioning on Sunday, there's a game on, you know, the the regular ESPN network and Mike Monaco is the play by play announcer for that. And we mentioned he he was pulled into duty on that uh, Pac-12 package for ESPN on Saturday in place of Dave Fleming. So Monaco will have some travel himself um, heading from Boulder, Colorado, Um, to the Raleigh-Durham area for the Carolina Hurricanes in Maple Leafs. That's a 5 o'clock start on ESPN on Sunday, NHL action. Okay, and then, uh, wow, the start
0: of college football. November 7th is when it all tips off the college basketball season. I'm a big hoop head, college hoop head, by the way. Phil, if you didn't know that, uh, love college basketball. And a big name is joining the college basketball
1: announcing fray this year. Yeah. College hoops uh, is upon us. And uh, yeah, Jay Wright, the uh, hall of fame coach from Villanova two national championships. Um, Just an incredible career coaching the, the Wildcats Uh, once again, back to your, your Philadelphia market and uh, Jay Wright, you know, retired. And, you know, People were sort of, you know, curious, you know, what that was all about and and that kind of thing. But, you know, Wright uh, is is going to be a natural on TV. I think everybody uh, understands that Uh, he's joined CBS um, and Warner Brothers Discovery, where he'll be a studio analyst for all of March Madness, whether that's on CBS, uh, TNT, True TV, TBS. And then he'll also be a game analyst during the regular season on both CBS and CBS Sports Network. And his debut is a game that he'll be very comfortable at, I'd imagine, uh, Villanova and wow. N on December the 7th. He's a natural. He's
0: going to be uh, a star in this field, I think. Jay Wright is going to be outstanding. Uh, he is just um, smooth as they come. I think Jay Wright's going to end up being that next big name in the college basketball uh analyst world you're going to see him kind of get i think quickly he's on cbs so that gives him a chance to do the tournament and be a part of all that and uh, i think jay wright's going to knock it out of the park and a couple other interesting college uh, announcing uh, notes here
1: well one more note on that uh mike and this might be a, a bit of a a stretch at this point you know to to go out on a limb like this but remember that jim nance is handing over the the play-by-play duties uh to ian eagle um, this year, upcoming 2023 spring, being Nance's final, uh, you know, game being a play-by-play announcer for March Madness. Can you see a day that Jay Wright uh, could uh, rise up the ranks that far, where he's, you know, part of the, um, you know, uh, Final Four broadcast Absolutely. team?
0: Absolutely. I, and, you know, I don't know how much uh, longer Bill Rafferty is going to be doing it. I love uh, Bill, and, and they have Grant Hill as a part of that as well. They kind of slipped Grant Hill as a third part of that. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw Jay Wright, you know, at some point get a much higher status. He is very good with the media, very smooth, and I'm imagining people are going to listen to his analysis and hear a lot of very poignant things.
1: Well, and I do appreciate the approach that CBS is taking. You know, we've talked a bit before about, you know, some of these big names immediately being thrown into these huge jobs. You know, um, we talked about Drew Brees. We've talked about others in these situations. And this seems just about right as far as your first year broadcasting. Right. You know, part of the studio a show for March Madness. Um, a lot of the coaches have experience doing that anyway when they're brought in as, as special guests for these, you know, studio shows on these big events. And then, you know, uh, working in some game analyst um, gigs throughout the year. To get reps there and to get more and more comfortable. Versus, hey, year one, you're on the Final Four. Well, and uh, Phil, as I know, mentioned,
0: as I mentioned, the announcers in this market, Philadelphia, are always they're like as popular as the players. Jay Wright knows that he's done a ton of media in Philadelphia. He is always doing interviews. And look, college sports in Philadelphia are way under the radar. He's about as high profile a sports figure in this market as you're going to get on a non-professional level. I mean, Villanova's made some runs to the national championship. He's always doing interviews. He's always out there. So he is very smooth when it comes to this game here. So I think, uh, remember this podcast, mark it down, everybody. I think you're going to see Jay Wright on some high-profile stuff
1: quickly. Yeah, makes a lot of sense to me as well. A couple other transactions worth mentioning, Mike. Uh, Becky Hammond um, who's, you know, currently the head coach of the Las Vegas Aces, the champions of the WNBA. Um, you know, certainly a big name in the world of coaching. Um, she's going to be working with ESPN um, during the NBA season uh, beginning this December. Um, she'll be on all sorts of studio shows uh, talking NBA um, I think she'll do a nice job here as well, sort of similar to Jay Wright. You know, she's got a lot of, um, you know, uh, charisma and, and media experience. Also, she'll be on shows like SportsCenter, NBA Today, Get Up and First Take.
0: OK, and real quick, for the first time ever. All 15 NBA games on Monday will be available to watch for free on the new NBA app. Every team is playing Monday because of the election on Tuesday. Nobody is playing on Tuesday. So you can check out this new NBA app we were talking about last week on the podcast. Every game will be free on Monday. To watch, I'm a big hoop head, so this is something that I'll be kind of checking out
1: as well. So uh, I wanted to throw that out there as well. Yeah, Jared Greenberg is is the host of this program, uh, Crunch Time, which is on the NBA app, sort of similar to to Red Zone. And uh, yeah, that's that's really interesting on Monday. And the reason why is the NBA um, took the Tuesday off on their schedule to encourage voting across the country on election day. So kind of a a cool circumstance there that results in a uh, smorgasbord of uh, NBA action on Monday.
0: All right. Uh, By the way, Herm Edwards is back with ESPN. Of course, he got let go with Arizona State. He'll be doing NFL and college stuff. So look for the old ball coach, uh, Herm Edwards, not the old ball coach, Steve Spurrier. Herm Edwards uh, back doing some stuff across ESPN platforms. Phil, as we get to the end of episode 22, tell us about your adventures this week.
1: Well, we've got our home finale here at Brevard College, NCAA Division three football in the mountains of western North Carolina. I'll be on the play-by-play for that one on Saturday. That's the Brevard College Tornadoes a YouTube channel where you can catch that. Uh, that's 1 p.m. kickoff on Saturday, so looking forward to calling some football.
0: All right, uh, and I've got my normal stuff. Uh, good morning, NFC East Mondays. Uh, usually recapping the Eagles games, but the Eagles play Thursday, so we'll be talking NFC East. Wednesdays, I'm on Birds 365 on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Mondays through Fridays, 2 to 6, you can catch me on 97.3 ESPN. You can download our app if you're listening to this podcast from a different market and uh, want to check out the show, 2 to Six. We have the app. You can get it in the Apple Store, Google Play. And uh, I have not had a lot of time to do play-by-play this year, which has been frustrating because uh, I love doing play-by-play. And uh, just these high school games in our market start at 6 o'clock and my air show goes to 6. I hope I was wishing to get more play-by-play opportunities. Um, but, uh, unfortunately this year, the six o'clock start times that everybody kind of went to in our market has prevented me from doing that, but we're having a great time doing announcer schedules. We're looking at all the pairings and, uh, man. College basketball is here now, so we've intersected another sport into the Announcer Schedules podcast. Episode 22 is in the books. Don't forget, check out Sean Grandy on the podcast feed. That'll be coming up as a standalone interview probably sometime on Friday, so check that out. Rate, review, subscribe, or on the Sports Media Watch feed. Go out and check out. Tell Me a Story I Don't Know with George Offman, the Sports Media Watch podcast with TJ and John, and then the announcer schedules podcast we drop generally on Thursday. All right, for Phil, I'm Mike. Have a great announcing weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.